This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wode, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal cast and YouTube. All right, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal cast. Sorry for the delay. Dentists are awful sadists who exist only to cause you pain and give you bacterial infections in your jaw after they do work. So this Hot week take. we're going to cover... Uh, yeah, hot take. We're going to cover what the amount of product releases mean. And this is something that I've harped on independently in episodes in the past and have opinions which some of you are, I'm sure, well aware of. And what some yep. feedback has been from other vendors, some locals, just to kind of get a group groupthink, hive mind view of how casual players, financiers, vendors, and everyone feels about the number yeah. of releases that are coming This up. falls back into um, a theme that we kind of got with this question, which is a lot of people want to know a little more about what vendors are doing and what they're thinking about right now. And in all honesty, this is a perfect question. We've just had this slew of products. That it feels like, yeah. one, because it is, and then two, because of the delay in Acoria in uh, the North American region and elsewhere... It feels like we're just just getting spammed. Yeah. So less less than yeah. a month since Acoria, it feels like, and all of a sudden we've got a core set and we've got stuff after that. So we just kind of wanted to give like what our you know contacts have said to kind of get out to the general public because it is a you know it's something that I feel it's, is going to continue to arise as Hasbro runs mm -hmm. this more and more like a toy company. Yeah. Uh, for better or worse. Well, yeah, absolutely. So, um, we'll I think see. that's a good point, actually, kind of something interesting to start on. When you have a toy company like Hasbro or, um, not Tiger, Playmates, who made the Ninja Turtle toys and still makes toys, they mm -hmm. do their next year's previews at a toy fair. You know what's coming. And for Watsi, yeah. that is just a self-aggrandizing announcement of here are the next major sets, here is where we're going. And so we knew... Uh, Throne of Eldraine, Okoria, Corset, and Zendikar. That's what we had planned. That was the last announcement. Yep. We knew that we were going to get Commander Green. We knew Mystery Boosters. We knew the um, Unplayable. Commander yeah, the Commander Draft Set. Whatever unplayable. it is. Yeah. And we didn't really have a lot of timing on this. We yeah. just knew eventually. And generally speaking, when you have announcements like that, you have dates that come with it. You have pre-order dates, order dates, street dates to go along with it. Well, one of the things we haven't really had yeah. to talk about because it's been smooth sailing for the most part is that a lot of those haven't existed recently. It started a couple of years back. It was a yeah. supplemental product. I think uh, it was uh, maybe IMA or something like that where it was from Distro. My LGS is up here, got uh, a letter saying that there was an untitled product for magic the gathering yeah. coming from wizards of the coast they were not allowed to know what it was they just needed to know do you want in and how much not even what the product was going to be it eventually wound up being successful it wasn't a spell yeah. book or anything like that but this started a couple a couple of years ago and it seemed that it was just kind of an anomaly then where you know why would you do something like this because an lgs has to prepare they have to be able to set aside the funds to do this they're not a large vendor where they just have this kind of yeah. purse set aside for these transactions where they know okay x thousands of dollars are always allocated to the next x y and z and we pull from that and put back when we make our sales lgs's are a little more hand to mouth yeah so what has happened in the last 18 to 24 months 
while we knew the major sets were coming, we knew about the Commander release, and then the rest of it was all just kind of up in the air. The Commander release being uh, C20, the Commander decks, not the draft yeah. product that we still don't know about. So my information comes from my LGSs up here, and what I'm getting back now is the same thing as years ago. They find out when the players find out. That means that when Double Masters was spoiled... Yep. That's what my LGS found out. There was no notification from Distro about this product. Nothing. Oops. And for them, that's very hard. Because they don't know how much to buy now. They don't yeah. know what they're going to be able to buy and what they have to work towards in terms of finances. For, for somebody yeah. that's much larger, I assume the news is just less devastating, but still shocking. And it's it's interesting because you know the the releases have not necessarily been as well communicated, and we received word you know yesterday Wizards post that article about the product delays. Uh, that came from the distro two and a half weeks ago. The distro, not Wizards. So like we received at work word that that was happening a couple weeks yeah. ago. And so did some of the larger vendors that I've spoken with your trolls, your channels, stuff like that. And they heard it from the distro. They didn't hear it from wizards of the coast. And so even the larger like companies that have more stake in the industry and granted, they're not dealing with wizards direct anymore. Cause that doesn't exist. Right. They still didn't hear it from yeah. wizards until the announcement was made. So some of the LGSs that I know, had it not been for me mentioning it to them, would not have known until the announcement happened. So it's not just releases that aren't being communicated to them prior by Wizards. It's even delays. So it's it's become a lot more reliant on the distributors, which can suck at a time like now where there's a lot of warehouses for distros that aren't letting you come in. Uh, the local southern warehouse to here in St. Louis is not letting anyone come into the warehouse currently. So you got to place your orders remote. You can do curbside pickup yeah. or they'll deliver, but that's it. So there's not much conversation there. It's not like you can, you know, shoot the shit with your rep for 20 minutes. And that's just kind yeah. of changed the dynamic. Uh, this, a lot. Like uh, supply chain delays, essentially, so, is what we're finally starting to see from COVID. We're, we're, we're there right now in, Nor in the United States. Um, certain groceries, et cetera, are going to go up because our supply chains are finally starting to dry. And if Watsi yep. isn't shipping to Distro, Distro can't ship to LGS, and Distro is only going to be told from Watsi when they're going to be expecting their next delivery or when they're going to be delays. Yeah. So it is a little ridiculous that Watsi can't push through the chain considering they are the top-level ent entity here. They have to let Distro take, up, take that for them, but... Here we are. Yeah, and and not like getting ahead of it and approaching directly and saying, hey, yeah. here's the issues we're having, rather than, hey, distros, this is what we're having, deal with it. Well, you know, it's just like when you're mad and, and you return something, you're going to yell mm -hmm. at the customer service rep sometimes because yeah. they're the no, first I, person you see. Exactly. That shouldn't uh, be exactly. the distros. Watch, you should have, been able, should have announced at some point that there was a problem with the supply chain and, and that just being slowed down based on the pandemic. And then from there, expectations can be set as opposed to just floating along for, you know, almost two months if you're in the APAC region 
for Akoria. You know, we knew the second yeah. wave of Commander 20 products was going to be coming, but we didn't know if there was going to be a delay or not until Watsi said something. Well, Distro knew because they were out and not receiving, and Watsi just didn't come public. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because it's not just the... It's not just for this reason that people are starting to get mad. Uh, the other reason, aside from just not announcing things until they tell everyone, is honestly, at least from what my feedback has been, uh, the number of products yes. and the number of variations. So this is going to sound a lot like the rich complaining about getting richer. Basically, one of the issues is a new set comes out. Um, okay, well, that's new cards that everyone has to learn, everything else. Uh, it's often new product lines like the commander decks that came with Ikoria. Now we get extra commander yep. decks with every set. Granted, we're not with Core, but yeah, I think it's like some with Zendikar or something. Then you've got 16 different Teferis that mm -hmm. you have to keep track of in the core set now. And I'm pretty sure, like, you've all seen the memes, the office template, identify yeah. the difference. It's the same picture. Yeah, the, That's uh, the swirlies around his hands and him are ever so slightly different across all imagery that isn't uh borderless sorry uh, yeah the, so the, the full art is the only one that doesn't have the minute difference but uh so you get that dropped on you as well well the problem is you know for example say you have 10 people in your magic department in order to break a set you need to bring in people from other departments that might not know magic so you're creating additional overhead the problem with that is that overhead gets passed on to you guys the people that buy those singles so more often and this is something i've noticed on like the vendor end as well as these variations as these like showcases and stuff come out the number of order errors increases drastically which rightfully yeah. upsets the consumer because you order showcase foil of a card and you get a showcase non-foil, you're like, hey, it's the wrong one. Oh, sorry, we're out. And now you have to go order it from someone else, which sounds frustrating and a minor inconvenience, but at the end of the day, wouldn't you rather just get it right the first time and not have to order from someone else? And then it's product, 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 product. And it's kind of nice that where this is happening because I think it's through August. We've got a set yeah. release every month. We have a product release every month. Uh, when we don't have GPs. But if we have GPs and Star Cities and stuff like that going on while you have set releases, it becomes incredibly hard for those vendors to keep up with product. It makes your buy experience in mm -hmm. a booth a little bit slower. Because suddenly, every month, I've got 300 new cards that I need to keep track of the prices of and how those yep. interact with other cards. And it's, from the vendor side, it's great because, yeah, we have more stuff to sell. But it's also frustrating because it makes our jobs harder, yeah. which then passes I, on to the consumer. I think that customer experience aspect that you just touched on is kind of lost in the sauce because people don't think about that. So let's touch back on the Teferi, right? There are yeah. four or something, realistically, versions of the bordered art, the set art, yeah. Normal. That means yeah. that if you go to an event as a vendor, you're going to carry more than likely 
one art. You're not going to carry eight of every art. You're going to make the experience as easy as possible yeah. for your salespeople. This way, there is little to no confusion for them. Now, take that to your buyers. Yep. We're talking about an actual playable card that can be played in constructed formats. This isn't very cryptic command, which was yeah. funny and cute, sure, to have all of those versions. Eventually, I think they got yeah. to be known by their first and third bullet points. I think that's how you identify them. This is the same card. Yeah. There's a very good chance that they could all differ in price because one art is subjectively more popular than the other. Now your buyers have to understand the difference and nuance between all of those, each one of those cards and has to spend more time looking at each one of those cards to identify properly which card it is and make the correct offer. Yeah. And that doesn't sound like a lot for somebody to pick up, but when you break down the fact that they have to do this hundreds of times over an event, it becomes the sensei's divining top problem of every second spent doing this now delays everybody else that wants to deal with that buyer. Yeah. And sure, it might only be between one and five seconds, but over a weekend, that's going to add up to a lot of minutes. And that could be an entire buy yeah. missed because somebody had to sit down and parse out which Teferi it was. Not to mention on your end as the person coming to the booth, and this is I, I hate this every time this happens because legitimately I'm trying to give you the best deal I can when you come and sit with me to sell cards. If there's times where like Oriac Champion and Eternal Master Mother of Runes, I don't know why. Hmm. I confuse those arts all the time. So there's times where like someone will sit down and they'll have an Oriac champion and I'll quote shoot them, you know, the dollar mother of runes by price and they get offended. It's like, no, yeah. no, no, that's my bad. Like, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm not trying to screw you out of it. I legitimately confuse those arts all the time. And those arts, like looking at them side by side, there's clear differences from one to the other. I still struggle looking at all four Teferis to like, wait, where do I have to look? Because there's like, they're like paired off with two that look hmm. similar and two that don't. And then each of the it, two that look similar are in different spots. It took spots a response to a tweet rings. of that and, image that said, wait a minute, so you're telling me the difference is the hands for me to see the image. It took like hours for yeah. me to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, you know, it's not that I'm trying to give you a negative experience. It's that I legitimately confuse them. And then, you know, you get upset. You're absolutely entitled to get upset about that all of a sudden you've had a bad experience and that's not what I'm trying to give you when you come to the booth. And that feels bad for me and it feels bad for you. And that contributes to that. Like, you know, we talk about the relationship between vendors and players all the time and how people think vendors are out to get you. And like, we're not out to get you. We're out to make money. Yes. But we're not out Correct. to screw you as much as yeah. physically possible. So I just wanted to, uh, to digress there because I think that's an important point that, that people, Yes, do right. overlook and we're finally back at a point in time where we can talk about the nuance of card art value and the amount of time that goes into this and the fact yeah. that Watsi is just making it harder for everyone. Imagine searching for this card on a mm -hmm. mobile app trying to trade it if there's an actual price discrepancy between uh, all of these. Watsi has just made life yeah. a living hell with this thing. I don't need, I've never looked up very cryptic command. I couldn't tell you what, what it actually looks like when you search for that card. I think it might be black and white and not on, on uh, most TCG 
apps I pull from TCG Player. I could be wrong. If, if I am, let me know. But I think this was we want. We were talking about vendors, and I think this is something that you know people need to to understand that it's a burden that Watsi places yeah. on both the players and the vendors, knowingly or not. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to see that you know like the the feedback vendor wise has been like yeah fine whatever I guess we'll deal with it yeah. but also this sucks and you know I, I don't know how it's been on your end with locals and LGSs uh, a couple of the locals I did speak to basically one of them was like this is stupid this is dumb I can't afford it and the other one actually had the sensible you know like, maybe yep. double masters just um, isn't for me I'll just. Buy the singles. Yeah, to the best of my knowledge, the price. only locals that are still really paying attention to Paper Magic as a whole is a the dedicated group of EDH players. I expect to kind of straggle into every uh, pre-release and sit down at the vendor booth and then buy a box and yeah. leave because that's what they do. They yeah. buy the box, they draft it with that group, and then they're gone. And not everybody in that group buys yeah. a box. They usually take turns. So in a year like this, it's not that bad unless somebody just wants to buy a case. Then that's on them. But almost, I'm yeah. My LGSs aren't open yet. One tried to a couple of weeks ago, but I believe state mandate overruled that uh, for play. For play, you can go in, you can buy mm -hmm. stuff, but not for play. So they they tried to actually sure. hold an FNM, and I think state mandate kind of pooped on that. But, yeah, my local player Oops. base has been very glum and very uh, soft-spoken about what's going on. I actually don't know anybody that's buying into paper right now. And I don't know anybody that's happy about yeah. all the product that we've just uh, had dumped on us, aside from that one EDH group, like I said. But they get excited about anything yeah. because it's a big group. It's like 8 or 12 people. So, you know, oh, you wow. talk, one person okay. buys a box, and you, if you're going to draft it, everybody pays in. You know, that distributes the cost pretty evenly across the group, and it makes things very easy for them to handle in that regard. I don't know how they yeah. do box toppers or whatever, or maybe, but... My look. It's... Yeah. I, I think it's interesting because I think, you know, especially the EDH players, it's interesting now that they have a set that's actually coming out that's just like, hey... This, this is for you guys, and it's not a commander set. So that's been very interesting to me to see, like, the reaction that people have had there. Because it's not something we've had before. And, you know, obviously they get excited every time we get a new yeah, EDH yeah. deck well, out. When it comes to products like the uh, double, like double Masters, uh, VIP, and then I think those are the the last two to really get dumped on us. I think everything else we'd had more than enough, more than like two months notice. Yeah. When it comes to allotment, and I, I don't mean uh, overall numbers in terms of buy, but I mean like uh, capital. Are you, are you guys looking to yeah. set aside a normal supplemental amount for that because of the price point? Or do you think you might buy less because of the price point? So I, I think, you know, after you get to the point of, like, the Star Cities, the channels, the whatevers, you're like, well, this is going to be hot, so I guess we're willing to risk a little bit more capital on 
opening. The other nice thing is that after, you know, you've got like your star cities, your channels that basically have, you know, run of their distros where you get it at a drastically reduced price. You're paying $64 wholesale on boxes when everyone else is paying 79. Uh, You know, you, you kind of get the leeway to just say, Hey, look, we want a thousand boxes and the distro guarantees in writing, you get a thousand boxes. Great. We don't have to pay for them until release. Let's sell 400 right now. That pays for everything. And that makes it a lot easier when you're like at that scale to be able to say, well, give us a thousand, we'll sell 400 and pay for everything. And then the rest is just a gravy train. So it's, it's interesting because, you know, in prior years when master sets have come out or have come out, it's been a little bit more hesitant to do that with. Uh, but since modern horizons, it's, you know, each set is basically like, well, you know, we'll scale up another five to 10% based on our allocation. The one difference being VIP editions and collector's boosters. Uh, The specialty products, I've noticed a lot of vendors have kind of scaled back when they hit the larger scale because your whales can't sustain vendors on their own. The problem is whales get in, they buy the product they want, and they're done forever. You'll never hear hear from again until they're getting rid of it or the next product comes out. And that's, you know, kind of been interesting to see that when the collector's boosters first came out, when your mythic editions first came out, you had large vendors hoovering them up. And now all the ones I know are like, ah, it's fine. Like, yeah, hit you, your allocation, you have fun maybe with a little backstock we'll to get... trickle out later on. But yeah, because you I mean, there's still distros it's... sitting on Theros and throne collector's boosters. So it's it's a lot harder to see the value to that type of thing and even like double masters it's you know well i guess we're gonna put a bunch yeah. up and hopefully it works you with know? the so i don't want to say short-sighted announcement but with the lack of knowledge that this is going to be a product in the the 2020 calendar year being prepared for something like this is, I assume, that something yeah. that not even a larger vendor like you guys really account for. Because this is kind of, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. not really a thing they've done. They did it that one time before, but no. this is kind of a brand new scenario. Uh, how how did you handle that? And, you know, oh. So it's been kind of interesting. The... It's it's been a well, I mean, got us with our pants down. What yeah. are we gonna do? You know, you you can't. It it's an interesting problem because you can't not have the product. Because as a large vendor, one of the most important things to have is completeness of inventory. Because the more cards you have, the more eyes you get, the more you yeah, know, the people you have buying your stuff. Yeah, the velocity of inventory increases because there's a larger opportunity for sales across your inventory. You have no holes. You have few holes. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's kind of the problem you're running into because not only do you have like all these releases and it's like, well, I have to have them. I can't not. You also have a lot of vendors are running into the acquisitions problem because without mm-hmm. GPs, without Star Cities... They're literally left with just their online buy list, yeah. which 
Online buy lists are great if you're Card Kingdom and you can exist off that alone. Everyone else has needed shows. They've needed Grand Prix. They've needed that stuff because a lot of the larger vendors that have come out since Star City and Card Kingdom, like they're large vendors that people know are large, but they don't really think of them all the time. Like Cool Stuff, Mini, Moose, TOA, all those guys, 95. They're people that are very large vendors. They just don't have the national presence, so they rely on those shows. So you've got this really interesting problem where the large vendors have like done everything they can with the product, and they're saying, we're going to prepare for it. We've got, you know, we're going to scale back on buys a little bit right now because our acquisitions are low, and we're going to allocate that money to sealed product and hope yes. the sealed product sells because there's no paper events. So... We just probably won't sell packs or boxes. We may sell singles, and it's it's to the point where you literally have you know some companies talking about doing a second break on Aquaria and just buying boxes, even though the EV is terrible, and breaking them so they have completeness of inventory. And it's it's interesting to see that for the first time that I can recall. You have these large vendors saying, well, I mean, I, maybe we just have to take the loss on the box the to box. have the cards. And it's, it's like, mind-boggling to me because it seems like yeah. chasing losses, you know, from the bird's eye view. But then you actually get into the minutiae and you're like, well, if your average card order value is like, or your average order value is like $8 and only two cards from that box came from it, I guess... Mm-hmm. It's probably fine because you may not have even had those yeah. eight dollars. I, I like that there's a little cards. bit of equivalency there between uh, what an LGS it has to do now and the smaller vendors in regards to yeah. Well, there are no shows. We have to change the way our acquisition works in order to pick up these products. And an L, the uh, an LGS has to function similarly. Similarly, right now, if they can't get people in the store to come and play and just buy, you know, cruft while they're there, yeah, they have to look at other categories to bring in additional income to help pick up these products to have completeness as you said even if it, even if it's a handful you know yeah, ftv it, style you only get a few at least have them for yeah. play events whenever they come up or you know box sales what have you but yeah and i mean you know ultimate edition secret lair was great for that reason but of course there was a product delay with it so thanks for you know <laughs> fucking up the apology guys I mean, at least the Ink Moth Nexus art looks dope. Other yeah. But, it, and it, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that there is the equivalency in all levels of the pyramid because it's not something you see a lot with vendors. Is yeah. You know, you've got your big names, and they're just seen as, like, the boogeyman that can't fail. But they still have to change their business yeah. model as circumstances dictate. You don't think channels taking a hit and not running GPs for acquisitions? Yeah. Of course they are. No, no, it, it, it's definitely interesting to see, and I, I, I guess no matter what way you slice it, the sentiment is always the same. It's just if if everybody is finding out, including large vendors, that the these products are coming out at the same time the players come out, all you can do is throw your hands up in the air and say, okay, well, what could our allocation possibly be on this? What is the math that dictates how many we need to buy? What do our funds look like? What do sales look like? And somebody put this report together that tells me how much we need to buy and what our EV from this yeah. could possibly be based on the prices that we've been told 
Yeah, like from Watsy. Yeah, and then see if that sticks for a little bit. Throw some pre-orders yeah. up maybe, and see if those sell. I mean, there were some places that were pre-ordering Grim Tutors for twenty-eight dollars, which is getting get out the door. I guess if you're busting enough but boxes, twenty-eight dollars is still yeah. a win for that card. The EV of this set yeah. looks like it's once just, it hits the streets, it looks like it's going to be terrible because it does change the format. But whatever. Maybe we I may think just there is not that have option too. <laughs> that's 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 the other thing that's making this kind of difficult for vendors is not having mm -hmm. in-store play or you know the sealed events. There's there's no standard paper. There's no big events coming up so a lot of your grinders yeah. just aren't gonna play they'll just yeah. go to and to continue arena. along with the conversation solicitation for these sets won't have happened yet we know what's coming down the pipe but without a solid yeah. I, don't, I don't think we have a solid street date for edh green yet or the draft set the commander no, draft okay. set and we have dates but i can't yep. remember them for vip and uh double yeah. wide but do you know if you guys have been solicited for that yet uh so vip double masters we have double masters okay. we have not so it's interesting that they've solicited for the larger version uh rather they've said how many do you want uh, that question like the distro solicitation yeah of yeah. what would you like your allocation to be Okay, reasonably yeah, we can say you'll get this said. many. Great. Yeah. So we're gonna, yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. go for twenty yeah, percent. I, I hope we get it. Basically, I, I've heard that before from my yeah. LGS, where Distro changed their question and they knew exactly what was going to happen because Games Workshop Distro seems to work the exact same way as yeah. uh, Watsy Distro. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's kind of you know it's uncharted territory across the board. And it's interesting to see that, you know, the small vendors, the big vendors, all those guys are uh, basically yep. at a level playing field. And it's it's literally who can, who is more able to adjust their business model on the fly. Those are the guys that are going to get it. Who, whoever is more malleable There's no that, end to the frustration. Great. The entire ecosystem right now is just frustration with product yep. glut. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. think there's really a lot more to go on with side. Like we knew about the delays. This is just a, a rain of products. It's been hailing since May, and it doesn't yeah. light up until September when we get Zendikar. I would assume oh that at this point they they will delay the Commander draft set in late into Q4, so it becomes a holiday product. At which point, that's fine. Well, I, I, yeah, that's that's what I expect. Is you'll get that as their Q four, like, hey, here's our holiday throwaway. We want to drum up some sales as Wizards of the yeah. Coast, not just as Hasbro yeah. from our so, toy lines. Yeah, um, so I, I kind expect of their theme. that to happen. Um, so, unless there's anything more you want to add, I think we're. I'm going to go to picks. All right, uh, you want yeah, to start out first? Good. All right. Sure. Uh, I've got two picks. A better dentist, always. And <laughs> uh, I'm going with Bone Crusher Giant, actually. The storybook non-foil. 
So this is a card that I think come rotation, which it's a long ways off, and maybe even prior. I mean, first off, it's just way too affordable right now. Oh, yeah. This card is insane. Like, if, if you read the text on this card, it's real good. Uh, you know, first off, you've got shock that damage can't be prevented, two mana, whatever. Uh, three mana for a four three with that ability is incredibly efficient in every eternal format, including Pioneer. It's just this should easily be a eight the, nine dollar card yeah. at some point. Yeah. yeah, for for the showcase, I I would see the pack version being yeah. five to eight easy, and that's why I see the showcase being a little bit higher because the showcase does look incredible, and it's. You know, been in steady supply. Uh, you've started to see some of the other showcases dry up. Fey of Wishes, which could be because of that amazing World of Origin Dragon deck and Legacy, which is the best control deck in the format. Uh, you've seen Murderous Rider and Lovestruck be start to dry up across TCG and other vendors. So you're seeing the rares start to like dry up. You haven't seen it yet with Bone Crusher Giant. And I did mention there's Throne Collector's Boosters mm -hmm. still sitting out there at some distros. It's not a lot. It's not nearly as many as Theros, where your main draw was Oko. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah. Or, sorry. Yeah, Th yeah, Throne was Oko, so there's more sitting there. My apologies. But, yeah, and it's it's something that goes in Red Deck and Legacy. It goes in Red Deck and Modern. It goes in Red Deck and Pioneer. And it does everything you want. It kills stuff, and it attacks separately from that. So I think that just from like a red deck strategy perspective, this card occupies a space which is too unique and too much of like a prerequisite in those decks for it to be two to three dollars, which uh, is where it's the reason I, I like this card as a pick comes more on the fact that the bands that we just got from Watsi put us back into a solved standard format that did not involve this card. Which yeah. means that it has not seen That's play true. in a very long time. And once we actually yeah. move into a fresh standard format, it has the ability to come back again. You need a deck that needs a removal spell and wants an efficient creature to come afterwards. Anything that plays Embercleave right now in the format, that deck generally loses to itself. Yeah. Because you either draw too many Embercleaves and lose yeah. or no Embercleaves and lose. The avenue to victory is very narrow and between both of those ends of the spectrum. Once you come back to a deck yeah. that wants to play efficient removal, that wants to be able to, to ride a couple of threats and have some versatile creatures, you'll see this card come back, and you're essentially just prepping for that by picking up on this card. You're prepping for when yeah. a, a Pioneer or Standard just kind of rotates into this format where this card becomes good again. It's just a matter of time. There's nothing about this card that is bad and says it should be unplayable aside from the meta that it's in. Yeah, and I, it's interesting you mentioned Embercleave because you look at the Challenger deck that had Embercleave. What were there four of in it? Yep. Bone Crusher Giants. It, it's exactly like you said. We're going to a standard where this was a card that could exploit a weakness in the metagame. And I think that yeah. we'll get back to that. It's it's the type of thing that Red always loves. Red always loves removal. It always loves efficient fatties that yes. make you pay for taking care of it. And the nice part is that uh, Throne does not 
rotate out in the fall. It sticks around. So this card will be in standard for another year. It gets another bite at the apple. So you're yeah. not buying into rotation. You're just buying into kind of a stagnant card. And I think that's perfectly fine for and this. I bought my Giants similarly. They weren't being played. Yeah. I wanted to play the Is It deck. So I bought them in stagnancy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the thing you mentioned sticking around after rotation. Another reason I like this is because come rotation, what's the deck everybody goes yeah, to right away? Yeah. Red deck. Exactly. That's what. So, yep. so yeah. you got it. Um, my pick is also going to be a full art card. I'm, uh, I'm choosing Song of Creation this week. Uh, I waited long enough on this so that the pre-order price just kind of faded into memory. So this is a card that pre-ordered yeah. super high. Everybody was hype on this card. Oh, it's a combo enabler. It fits in everything. It's just going to break formats. And it's good, but it's not great. Uh, it it does fit in yeah. is it Storm and Modern, yes but one, that format just kind of fell off the face of the planet you know, COVID and two, it costs a little too much to be useful in that deck so the reason yeah. I like Song of Creation now is because it's finally starting to even out in terms of price and we're starting to see it actually pop up a little bit in standard or we were prior to the to the bands then this is a card that is also just yeah. on the periphery of broken especially for edh this is a card that just lets you go twenty dollars unpalatable for this card full art at three and change absolutely yeah. palatable so Last week, Card Kingdom yeah. was buying uh, 29 copies of this card at about $3 cash, $4 for the... Uh, sorry, $4 for credit. The number that they're buying has dropped, so the uh, buy price as well has gone down. However, they're still buying 26, so it's, it's only been hit a little. And that kind of tells us that demand isn't... Yeah quite here yet so this card might have a little bit further to fall before it absolutely bottoms out at what might be about three dollars for the showcase version i think if you can get it at three or lower that's where that's where i would be uh the interesting thing yeah. about this card seeing plain standard was that it actually only showed up between the apac region release of akoria and the north american release of akoria it was in the teamer adventure decks in that time period, in, what was it, almost a month, that's when this card was in standard. It was in yeah, the Teamer Adventures deck, like I said. And then it just kind of got swept away. The bannings uh, pushed down this strategy. Uh, the deck lost a little bit of firepower, I believe, in Fires, and it, it brings back up Reclamation, which is a traditionally bad matchup for this. But all the cards in the deck do survive rotation. Yeah. So we, like Bone Crusher Giant, we do get to yeah. see this pickup. Uh, in EDH, this is a hyper-aggressive combo card. It's n not quite as egregious of, on s as something like Omniscience or Dream Halls. It just, like, I slam it, I win. But this is a card that is just going yeah. to win games again and again and again. And this will find a home in EDH, and it will pick up in time the yeah the set foil will 
sorry, the set foil and non-foil will offer the greatest growth opportunities overall, but that's just because it's going to go from sub a dollar or whatever it is right now, sub two dollars to five plus yeah. immediately. In the long term, this is the one that I think is going to be the sought after version. Much like the other showcase cards we've talked about. If it's playable, if it's good, the showcase version is most likely where you're going to want to be. Or the the storybook or whatever version it is. These alt art versions are, are where you are going yeah. to want to be for the long term because they're easy pimp. And, and that's... I like that you mentioned EDH and how it is insane there and that it's easy pimping because that was something I touched on with the Triomes. And this, this card, like, Song of Creation is the type of card that not only is it, like, an insane combo enabler, it's the type of thing that someone who has a teamer value deck that just says, this card gives me a lot of value to put in, will put it in a deck and not realize how insane it is. They'll play it once. Their friends will see how insane it is, and they'll say, hey, I want to build that deck too. And it's the type of thing that creates those fun synergies that people don't realize that spread inside yeah. playgroups. So you get, like, magnified casual appeal from a card like this because it wakes up your inner Timmy every time you see it. So, you know, like I touched on with my Accordia picks, these full arts are very undervalued in my opinion including this one and this one is probably of all the non-triomes my favorite it is because it is such a spicy really edh uh, I, I forgot to mention just because the delta has uh changed it's now negative you could arbitrage last week from tcg player to card kingdom because their buy price was so high on this now the delta is negative but only by about 20 cents and that's to credit so if you were to buy the low hanging fruit, you're going to pay yeah. about three sixty on TCG Player after shipping for those okay. copies, whereas it's three twenty five in credit. So we're looking at a card that's effectively the buy price is dancing right around market right now, or low if you want to call it that. Yeah, it's pretty good. So this this is something that I, yeah. I would keep my eye on. Do I think it has constructed appeal? Yes. Months down the road, is this something that has EDH appeal? Yes, immediately. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I, I think it's interesting because it does kind of reward people who are impatient with it and are just like, yeah, I can get 20 cents a piece on yeah. these. I'll just dump it right away. So if that, if that is, and you know, you're more prone to that. Great. Yeah, this card's perfect check for something real quick, This is one of those cards that if it has a real price in Japan, actually tells you that it has a real price worldwide. Yeah. And it's not something i do that often anymore because mail from japan is officially delayed into the united states uh yeah For i technically have an, an order that should be making here it's sold out at 500 yen which is much which is more than the u.s price yeah yeah, yeah it is that should be about four dollars 20 cents maybe yeah ish 460 wow so that's uh that's yeah that that, that tells good. you a lot when the english copy is sold out at almost it's 466 per copy out of japan and it and the english foil and the pre english pre-releases sorry showcase foil non-foil and english and yeah. the english pre-release copies are the only copies sold out on haruri right now everything else is in stock so 
that point. Well, yep. At that has point, has a kill I, there, so it it will yeah. only take one or, arena event. Uh, somebody uh, playing it on like Commander versus or um, Spike feeders. Anybody out there is playing Commander on stream, drop it price up. Yeah. So, this looks like a case of arbitrage, which means somebody else believes in this card, or other people believe in this card, and I believe in this card. It is. Uh, but I think that is going to be it for us this week, guys. Yeah. And we will be here next week and every week until we die. Griping about Watsy yeah, oh, and Vendor issues. Uh, but in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter, on Patreon, on Facebook. We are MTG Cabalcast in all locations. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, which I believe is the app now, uh, you can also find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and the video on YouTube. Uh, always remember, if, yep. if you want to leave us feedback, go for it. We don't care about the thumbs up, thumbs down, the number of stars. We just want to hear from you guys so we can... You know, better tailor this experience. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Give you a better product. Uh, and for Thirsty Sizzler, I am Halt, I am Reptar, and we'll see you guys next week.